Welcome to the Myth-Busting Lung Cancer Screening Podcast Series, hosted by Dr. Debbie Dyer. This podcast is brought to you by the American College of Radiology and the National Lung Cancer Roundtable. Hello, and welcome to the Myth-Busting Lung Cancer Screening Podcast Series for Lung Cancer Awareness Month. My name is Dr. Debbie Dyer, and I'm a thoracic radiologist in Denver, and I'm talking today with pulmonologist Dr. Patricia Rivera from University of North Carolina. We're discussing various misconceptions or concerns, myths that patients may have surrounding lung cancer screening. And so, Patricia, I would love to hear your thoughts about disparities related to lung cancer screening that are really at the patient level. How can we help patients better understand lung cancer screening and get access to it? Thank you, Debbie. That's an excellent question. Patient-level barriers are very, very important. I think one of the challenges centered around lung cancer screening is that it is the first screening test that is required, at least by Medicare, to have a shared decision-making discussion that addresses both the benefits and the risks of lung cancer screening. And I think Of course, that's a very different shift for providers and for patients who are undergoing other screening, let's say women undergoing breast cancer screening. And I think many of the shared decision-making tools are complex. They are not written in culturally sensitive language or in language that's understandable by individuals who may have low literacy and numeracy. And I think it's really important for us to to create tools that allow providers to inform patients in a way, making it easier for the information to be absorbed. I mean, it's complex for many of us when we talk about risk and, you know, age and smoking and, you know, these are the benefits and this may happen in one of a thousand and three out of a thousand. It's just too much. So I think that healthcare providers and research scientists really need to focus on creating better tools to communicate with patients one-on-one, not to mention to create tools to be able to disseminate the information about the benefits of lung cancer screening into communities. We know that, and there's a lovely study that was done at the University of Chicago, where they brought lung cancer screening into the community, so not waiting for patients to have to figure out how to get to the screening program, the academic institution, but bringing it to the patient in the community, they captured a much higher rate of African-Americans and Hispanics and demonstrated that their cancer detection rate was higher than that of the NLST. Employing or deploying patient navigators, that's been shown in several studies, to have a really good impact, particularly for patients who are undergoing lung cancer screening, helping patients navigate, you know, how to get to the screening test, follow up on the results. When do they have to come back, get patients engaged in enrolling in a tobacco treatment program? So these strategies, along with telehealth medicine that can help disseminate the knowledge, if you will, or the resources into communities where, pa- where patients just simply don't have access to healthcare. So there's a lot that I think we we can do. It's been done in in other screening programs for breast cancer. The 
mammography vans, I think they call them. So the mobile units, patient navigators, telehealth, all of this is really robust and so many opportunities for us to to impact the care of patients, particularly vulnerable patients. Oh, that is so important. I think you've really hit a lot of important points. How do you think we can better address some of the financial concerns or barriers that patients may face regarding lung cancer screening? I think, you know, Medicaid expansion in all states is critical. There is no, I mean, I think there are currently seven or nine states in the United States that don't pay for lung cancer screening in their Medicaid programs. Medicare beneficiaries have access to lung cancer screening through Medicare, but that's at the age of 65. Currently, we're screening 55 and older, and the USPSTF is going to come out with guidelines that say start screening at 50. That's a significant portion of patients potentially who have we're not eligible for Medicare who do not have private insurance and may not have Medicaid benefits. So that's, I think, really mandating expansion of Medicaid coverage, I believe, in all states is critical. And then I think um, similar to what was done in breast cancer with federal mandates, such as the Breast and Cervical Cancer Prevention Act and the Mammography Quality Standards Act, which ensure that all high-risk individuals have access to to lung cancer screening and not just have access to lung cancer screening, but then access to care if something is detected on their lung cancer screening exam. So I think not only at the state level through Medicaid expansion, but really at the federal level through mandating that these services be covered for all high-risk individuals. Wow, that is so important. And I I think your perspective makes a lot of sense there. And I appreciate so much hearing your thoughts about this. We do have some challenges. We certainly know that there are disparities and barriers, and it gives us some something to work on. (laughs) So we will carry on. And thank you, Patricia, for sharing your thoughts today. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. This podcast is brought to you by the American College of Radiology and the National Lung Cancer Roundtable. 